The issues that we've had with Connor, he's an incredible player, but probably the way Munster were playing makes him look bad. The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neve Briggs. Subscribe to the Rugby Channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. 25 minutes past 8, you're very welcome back to OTBAM. It's Jared Ashling with you all the way through until 10. Willow Callan is with us at 8.26. Will, good morning to you. How are you? Yeah, good. Um, yeah, in a pretty reasonably good mood. Reckon I've got these uh, hurling rankings nailed down and watched one of the best games of hurling last night that we've seen all year so far between Clare and Tipperary. Remarkable uh, minor final in Munster, which was finished with a pretty exciting penalty shootout as well. Right. Uh, it has divided opinion, it's fair to say. <laughs> it sure has. Um, this always happens, though. I think GA people won't embrace the idea of penalties. I think it's often because we've got post-colonial inferiority complex. Is that what you're saying? Sorry, did you use the words post? Sorry, too, that they feel the only fair way to decide the game <laughs> is to go to an extra match as opposed to playing penalties. I think James Woodlock was very honest about it after the game, the Tipperary manager, when he said, look, we've been aware all week of the possibility that this final could be decided on penalties. We've been practicing for them and I'm just delighted that my team have come through. So I, I, I kind of, I know, Ash, you said earlier on that you faced the situation last year where there was confusion after a game and it ended up going to free kicks as opposed to penalties. I think that's perfectly unacceptable if someone doesn't know beforehand. But I think if people are aware, look, they've prepared for it they're ready to go. Penalty thing is a fair way to decide a competition. Yeah, that's the key thing there if you're aware. So you're aware, then you can practice, then you can't really say anything after the game when it goes to, to penalties. You, you, you know, you're prepared for it. So that's that, in my opinion. But yeah, we went to free kicks in a semi-final last year. We never expected to go to free kicks. I've never seen it even being done before. I know they brought it in in the, the men's game at one stage. Um, I don't know if it was just club championship but uh, they got rid of it as quick as and the way they, they actually decide if they're going to do it is they, the county board decides before the game but we didn't know as a team so we went to extra time and it was still a draw after extra time and then they said okay nominate five kickers to take these free kicks and like we had young girls being like no no chance like they were running away from the ball which one did you take <laughs> no dear leave me alone <laughs> Come on, I'm the, I, I take the freeze so you take so. the first one or the fifth you're like the Ronaldo one <laughs> yeah, something like that um, but well, it, which one did you take <laughs> Mo Salah over here <laughs> no um, I took the pen out put us in it put us in the extra okay, time okay? okay that's all you're allowed to know alright um, did you miss <laughs> yeah okay well at least you took one I took one but I missed yeah horrendous and I was a free taker so that was even worse it was honestly traumatising obviously traumatising clearly is right? yeah alright sorry but, for late but let's just let's just uh, you know let's um, embrace the trauma for a moment so uh, how did you decide in those two minutes when it's like okay this is going to happen and also where were they taken from um, so just at uh, at the D, so just yeah, just outside the D, which was quite far out. There was a strong enough wind as well, so that was all to factor in. Um, and the other team were so good at free kicks the whole way throughout the game. So <laughs> even as we were stepping up to it, it was like they haven't missed one free kick the whole game. And they had two free takers, you know, from both sides that hadn't missed. And I was like, oh, obviously that plays in your mind stepping up. And then we have quite a young team, and you had a lot of excuses here, Ash. Oh no, like it was traumatising. Honestly, as, as we're talking about it, penalties is the way it should have went. We had practiced penalties in training. We knew who the maybe top three, at least top three who were going to take them. You know, then you had the few others that would step up, but we needed five. But we knew who they would be. With the free kicks, we were all thrown. We just did extra time, gone to obviously a draw again. 
we were wrecked. People were cramping. And then they're like, it's free kicks. We're like, free kicks? What? Yeah. I've never seen this. So it was just a big shock. So I definitely think it should go to, to penalties. Like, that's something that I think most teams are w- way more prepared for. Uh Willow Callahan last night tweets penalties aren't cruel at all when teams are well aware in advance that the game could be decided by them and that they've been preparing for them angry producer Mick very quickly in a couple of hours later do you not find it strange a couple of hours it was like 3am when he tweeted this do you not find it's a strange thing to literally just lift a tiebreaker from another sport it doesn't even make sense for GA where goals aren't the only way to score very lazy solution and then Mick Foley uh, of the Sunday Times well 100 plus years ago there was a rule that allowed lads to settle their differences with an hour wrestle rather than blighting a match with a brawl maybe there's something uniquely GAA in that to settle these games uh, a sock wrestling like push some sumo style push somebody out of the D and that's the, your team wins <laughs> you put your two best scrappers in who would it have been from Dublin and Mayo back in the day who would you have gone for so Philly and who <laughs> Uh, Mayo, Jeannie Mac, Lee McHale. <laughs> oh, Lee McHale definitely would be there. You can't, you can't celebrity grandfather somebody in. This isn't celebrity deathmatch. <laughs> somebody from the game. <laughs> maybe, maybe you have Conley. I don't know. You want somebody with a, a low center of gravity. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Con, it's Conor Callahan. Or, yeah. or, or do you? Yeah. Or do you want someone like Aidan O'Shea, who kind of has that? Bit of height and strength about him as well. He'd be he'd be a difficult guy to fight. Yeah. Okay. We got we did get um, on a Tomaso Shea tangent there. Uh, so you think penalties are good? They're grand. We should all get on with it. Look, I appreciate the point, Jared, that some people made, and Anthony Daly, the former Clare captain, was one who made it very well, which is that it's difficult for sixteen-year-olds to be stepping up to take penalties in a provincial final. Now. The point of the side of that is like whether it's on TV or not is kind of irrelevant and you want these games to be publicised so that's just part and parcel of playing at this level and it is character building for young people to play in a pressure situation like this and I'm sure that they take penalties at probably every single training session it's the last thing that you do and look, it also last night the fact that there was no replay both these teams advanced to the All-Ireland Series so Tipperary is provincial champions and uh, their goalkeeper what a hero to save two in the shootout and to score his penalty even at the second attempt last night but they go straight to an All-Ireland semi-final Clare go into the round robin with Galway and the losers of Monday's Leinster final between Offaly and Leash so the year isn't over for Clare I'd actually be surprised if Clare don't get back to an All-Ireland final uh, they were really really good last night played particularly well in extra time but Tipperary will feel maybe they should have had it wrapped up before that extra minute was played on where Clare got the equaliser so really good game penalties is a fair way to decide it and I wouldn't be surprised if it's Tip and Clare in the All-Ireland final Alright so it's not, it's not, it literally is not the end of the world uh, or metaphorically either so let's get into these rankings then yeah, all right. We'll start off with um, 24 through to 19 then. Uh, no great surprises with not a huge amount of change here. So Wicklow have already been relegated from the Christie ring. I was tempted to potentially put Roscommon, who were going really well in the Laurie Marr, up into 24th. They could well do by our next uh, ranking update. Donegal, who are joined top in the Laurie Marr table, are in at 23rd. Then you're looking at the Christie ring team. So London at 22nd. Slight drop. They were 21st last time round. They've been replaced by Sligo, who are contesting with Mayo uh, to try and get to the final of that competition. Mayo in a 20th. Meath, who've been relegated from the Christie Ring, are on the verge of doing so in 19th. Uh, Derry in 18th place, and then just above them are Kildare in 17th. Uh, Kildare having booked their place in the Christie Ring Cup final. After they got their NACE players back, they stayed in Division 2 of the league, and now they've got themselves into the Christie Ring final and will probably be favourites to go up uh, to the Joe McDonough for next year. So that's how we're looking on slide number one. Now we can spin on to the next one. 
Yep. So moving along then into our top 16, then uh, you've got a Carlo team who've had very kind of indifferent results so far in the Joe McDonough Cup. Gave Antrim a really good rattle last time out, but have lost their uh, other games. So they're not really in contention at the moment to qualify for the finals. So they come just inside the top 16. Uh, you've got Kerry and Down just above them. So I think there's been a slight switch in places um, after Down's defeat against Offaly, which has seen Offaly go back up to 13th place with Kerry just behind them. Those two teams meet in the Joe McDonough Cup in Tralee in what's effectively feels like a semi-final this weekend. Antrim are on the verge of qualifying uh, for the competition's final. Whoever wins in Tralee is going to be really well placed to follow them into it. But Down technically aren't totally out of the competition despite that defeat against Offaly. They'd have to win their last two games and hope that results go their way. And then you've got uh, Westmead rounding off the uh, top 12 who are uh, still awaiting a win in the Lee McCarthy Championship since coming back up from the Joe McDonough but their most important game is not this Saturday where uh, realistically they're going to lose out to Wexford but it's their game away to Leash to see who stays in the Leinster Championship next Saturday that's going to define their season so then uh, we move into the top rankings uh, in the table uh, we've got Antrim in 11th place they're basically into the McDonough Cup final they've been very impressive uh, we're able to qualify for that final despite not having their star player Neil McManus for the start of championship beat Offaly in the first round which set up the platform for them they do still have to play a carry in the group stage of this competition uh, but Antrim are very well placed to qualify Leash in 10th place they've had a difficult uh, summer with the injuries that they've had to uh, sustain they played very well against Dublin remember we spoke about this on the last uh, update but then since then they've had to play against some of the really top teams like Wexford put six goals past them last time out and really their focus after the Galway game this coming Saturday is that match against Westmead. Then perhaps the most eye-catching one, we've got two Munster teams who've fallen way down the table after their defeats at the start of the round robin. Tipperary are down to ninth place, which I'm sure I'm going to get pelters for given that they were ahead against Limerick after an hour at the weekend. Uh, but Tipperary's fall really comes from the last ranking that we did, where Tipperary were very poor in their game against Clare. They're effectively out of contention to qualify in the Munster Championship with a couple of weekends to go, so they slipped down to ninth place. Okay. Let's get to the most important. Here's the here's oh, the top eight. Just in time. Hank decides to get annoyed about Tipperary's placing in the table. In eighth place are Cork, who were the big fallers. They were in third place last time that we chatted. League finalists <laughs> of this year. All-Ireland beaten finalists last year. And really, really strong championship so far. The two-point defeat against Clare was deceptive. I think Clare were nine or ten points the better team on that day at Semple Stadium and they were beaten pretty comprehensively by Limerick in the first round of the competition on home soil at Porky Cueve when we were thinking maybe this Cork team have a kick, maybe they can put in a performance like they did in the first half against Limerick back of the league. That did not transpire and in the second half particularly they faded miserably. Now on the hurling pod this week something that's been totally lost Jaron Ashling over the, over the last couple of weeks Patrick Horgan is now the top scorer in championship history. I remember the fating on both Henry Shefflin and on Joe Canning when they took that record. It kind of quietly happened with Patrick Horgan because it was in a game where Cork were beaten against Clare. But just kind of to acknowledge that and also to acknowledge the fact that the GAA keeps such a poor record of important statistics themselves. Like this should be a massive achievement. I'm not quite talking about like Buddy Franklin people coming onto the pitch like in the AFL or Ray Allen coming out of the stand to Steph Curry with the NBA. But at the same time, surely this should have been marked along the way. Um, but Cork won't be qualifying for 
the All-Ireland Series, I don't think they're sitting in eighth place. Just above them, you've got Wexford in seventh. Uh, they dropped behind Dublin after the direct results between the teams where Dublin beat Wexford. Uh, both teams are still in contention to qualify in Leinster and for the All-Ireland Series, but Dublin go ahead of Wexford in sixth. Kilkenny in fifth place. Uh, they drop one place because they lost out to Galway in Salt Hill on the day of the Salt Hill shake. As a result, Galway, as we predicted, so, start of the year on the so, very first power rankings up to fourth. So Wonder. if the free had gone the other way, it'd be Galway five, Kilkenny four. Yeah, possibly. Because Kilkenny had been... Like, Kilkenny had started off quite well. They'd, yeah, see, they'd swept the results up until now. Kilkenny have got a chance to... Draw you know, effectively. Yeah, I think I would yeah. put Kilkenny before... Yeah, and look, Kilkenny have to beat Dublin. And the thing is, we're kind of nearly all assuming that Dublin are going to lose to Kilkenny at Parnell Park this weekend. But that game still has to be played. I mean, Dublin have got a huge opportunity to qualify after their win against Wexford last time out. So um, despite the fact that we've had so many one-sided games involving Leash and Westmeath and the other teams, Leinster's actually been pretty entertaining so far. And we've got a four-way chase for three places. The field's pretty wide open at the moment. So Galway up to fourth place. Got to respect that result against Kilkenny, albeit a very late free from Conor Cooney. Claire, the big risers, they're up from seventh on the last rankings up to third. Again, they have been so impressive with their start. Um, took out Tipperary uh, with no mercy whatsoever. And, you know, they backed that up with a win against Cork. Um, Clare go to Limerick this weekend, perhaps with a Limerick team who won't have Keane Lynch. And given how Clare have started, they sh- probably should have won when they played in Ennis back in the League 2. The Clare might feel that at Cusick Park this weekend, they can get a result against the All-Ireland champions. The only one thing is, I think Limerick, with the way that they played against Tipperary, will still be going reasonably full tilt when they go to take on their neighbours this weekend. That's the match of the weekend uh, on Sunday. But if Clare were to take that, they have to give serious consideration about going into the top two. The top two, Waterford, the league champions, um, they haven't played because they had a break last week after their loss against Limerick, but they pushed Limerick closer than they have in the last three years in that game at the Gaelic grounds. Uh, they should be able to get a result against Cork at Welsh Park this weekend, which will leave them still very well placed to qualify for the Munster final. And the team who are officially back on top, because we didn't do a rankings after Limerick against Waterford last time out, is that Limerick are back as the top team in the country. Three years in a row, Ger, first three games of the season, 30 points scored in each of those games. Remarkable consistency from John Kiley's side. There's going to be the distractions off the pitch at the moment and the headlines from during the week. They've had to deal with the fact that Keane Lynch is out for the entire Munster Championship. They missed Kyle Hayes for their second game because of his hamstring injury. And still, the Limerick machine keeps motoring on. And even when they hurled within themselves for an hour against Tipperary at the Gaelic Grounds last Sunday, they still found a solution in the last 10-15 minutes of that game to get the result. Limerick, top team in the power rankings. And totally understandably, and I think pretty predictable, uh, even in the midst of the, the worst league campaign. Um, certainly, we had Gerard Hegarty on the show just before the start of the championship, and he was like, ah, sure, look, it'd be grand. It was like, uh, that was the subtext. He didn't actually say that, but that was definitely what we got. Tipperary on page two. I mean, it's like we just take it for granted at this stage. Tipperary, how far the mighty have fallen. They should be All-Ireland contenders. They've had a, a, a horrific season with injuries, so it's difficult to judge the job that Bonner is doing. Sherlock Nan in the paper yesterday or the day before, mildly critical of Liam Sheedy for not bringing enough young lads through, and so therefore he felt they, they weren't up to championship speed just yet, that they could go 60 minutes in a big game against Limerick. Are they that far away? Are they really the ninth best team in the country? Um, I would, if I was a Tipperary fan, I would have been massively heartened by the way that some of those young players have played in the first few games, and particularly against Limerick. Like maybe they've actually happened upon a new system and some new players to fit into the team by the fact that they've had so many injuries and the way they've been rocked by retirement. So, look, I'd be very much thinking this is a team on the way up. Players who were very, very good at 19, 20 years of age that maybe didn't get 
get a huge game in the last years. She would have been getting uh, action in the championship. So I'd be very hopeful that Tipperary are going to jump back up the rankings in 2023. But we're obviously basing the power rankings on what we've seen in the game so far in the championship. I think it's sort of like Tomas O'Shea, what he was explaining there with Offaly, that they're you know on the way up, that it's going to take uh, maybe two, three years to really bring those lads into the Notoriously into the team. fickle Tip fans do not have patience. But they have these young players coming through at the moment. They're exciting. They put out a good performance against Limerick. I think it's really positive and you have to go through those periods. You know, it takes time to build a team up, especially an All-Ireland winning team. So, um, no, I wouldn't be too worried. Bear in mind as well, lads, a lot of Tipperary supporters felt that they were going to get a complete and utter scutching when they went to the Gaelic Grounds last weekend, which isn't what transpired. Yeah. The final result okay. uh, was actually pretty deceptive. And I think more people would have travelled if they had a bit more hope. I think there was that feeling from Me, Tipperary. Me, the awfully right. patronising Tipperary on the show this morning. <laughs> I'm here for it. Don't worry.